everybody. Welcome to today and welcome to Death Valley Girls podcast. I'm Bonnie and I talk to heroes about what excites them and we also talk about the mysteries of the universe. I could not be more excited, honored, or happy to present to you this week's podcast guest. Legendary documentarian, hero, and genuinely one of the kindest, brightest, and most radiant humans I have ever encountered, Jody Wiley. My absolute most favorite movie of all time is The Source Family Movie, and she directed it. She's also making a movie that is so hard for me to have to wait for about one of the most interesting space families in the universe, the Unarians. There's lots of exciting news in Jody's world coming up this month. This weekend, she will be at an Upstate Films event to present treasures from deep in the Unarius archives and show their movie, The Decline and Destruction of the Orion Empire, Part 4, Religious Deception and Spiritual Truth. She will also be screening the Source Family documentary. If you are in New York, don't miss this. Also, the Source Family scrapbook is being released on Sacred Bones. It's the coolest book. Get one, you need it. it I Just get one, you need it. And now, Please welcome to your head and heart, hero Jody Wiley. Hi. Hi, Bonnie. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. Yeah, I'm super happy to be here. I love your podcast. The oh, thanks so much. Thanks so much. That really, really yeah. means the world to me um, that you have even ever listened. Um, but thanks so much for coming. I know you're super busy um, mm-hmm. and I like really am trying hard to not. Um, I have like one million questions that are like, is it my turn? Is it my turn? Is it my turn? <laughs> so I'm just going to try. I have some like grounding things around me. I'm going to just try and chill. Um, but I do want to start with saying um that this is a hero's podcast. You are on a hero's podcast. Um, and, uh, you are sort of in some ways like my white whale, uh, if that, if that's what it's called, but, um, my, you know, I started sort of, um, maybe like around always been interested in being interested, but in the last six or seven years, I got really, uh, interested in, um, the idea that if we found evidence of extraterrestrials or not if, but when we, or when I find evidence of it uh, and evidence of post-life that that would help me sort of gain secrets to the universe that I thought that was what I was longing for. Um, Mm -hmm. And that sort of uh, began this trip that I am on. And, um, Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, as watching, um, your, one of your movies, uh, the Source Family documentary, completely changed my life so much. Was just like, yeah, Whoa. just I mean, just incredible movie, incredible story, but just done so well. And I always, uh, I always was really impressed with the idea that, you know, when when we were kids, we would like if we wanted to know about the Rolling Stones, there was a few books, or we would share. VHSs or whatever. Are you are you crying? I'm crying. That was so sweet to hear that. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank you so much for making it. But yeah, there's just so um when I grew up, there was just books and videos and records and sharing it and sharing stories. And they're every documentary um 
was just such a gift. And it meant someone had done so much work, so much passion, finding out, uh, you know, finding and agreeing with themselves to follow it to the end, um, probably putting their lives in chaos and upheaval. But uh, yeah, is that the Source family um, is just something that I super love, but I would never have been able to, you know, most people wouldn't have known about it. And I think it's super cool that, you know, for people to make documentaries is my most favorite, uh, is my most favorite type of art. And so thank you so much for making that movie. And I'm just curious, how did you get started on um, that path of, mm. of that, that particular um, telling that story and bringing it to the masses? <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh, Bonnie. Thank you so much. That really <laughs> very meaningful to hear that. Um, it, it, that was definitely a, a very like long project that took a lot of like blood, sweat and tears. And I'm so grateful that, that I had the opportunity to do it. Um, you know, it really came about, uh, oh gosh. I mean, it came, came about gradually because I, I learned about the Source family gradually. I, I didn't hear about them until 1999. Okay. A friend of mine uh, brought over this um, box set that Captain Tripp put out, this Japanese psych label. Um, and he was like, oh my gosh, Jody, you've got to see this. Have you seen this thing? And he showed it to me. And it was this box set of this like white guru with like a long beard and a bunch of small people in his belly. And it just said God and hair on it. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? And he said, this was a group that lived in Los Angeles in the seventies and they made these records. And I was shocked. I'd never heard of them because I've been really like deep researching, uh, you know, like spiritual, radical spiritual communities, you know, for like, years before that and um and there was really nothing online at the time but i i definitely like and, and the the box set was in japanese so i couldn't read anything yeah <laughs> but um about five years later uh i was with my uh then boyfriend adam parfrey who later became my husband and he was at amoeba records just looking through the classical cd section he loved classical music and just right on top of that section was the student film on the source family. Wow. And he was like, Ooh, I bet Jody would like this. And so he brought it home for me and we watched it. And I was just like blown away. It was definitely a student film, you know, Yeah. Uh, but, but he had interviewed members of the source family. And when I first looked at that box set, I just remembered in my, my mind, I was, I was like, who is this creepy, cool cults? Like that was where my, head was at in 1999 yeah. you know yeah but when I listened to the interviews with these people I was like oh my god these people are like really intelligent like sophisticated funny have a sense of humor about themselves you know like I want to meet these people I want to get to know these people and so I looked online again and there happened to be a website that Isis Aquarian and Electricity yeah. Aquarian had put together. And I reached out to her. She got back to me right away. And I said, and this is when Adam and I had Process Media, which was our publishing company. You know, we put together in, I guess it was 2004. And um, I asked them if they'd ever considered doing a book because immediately, you know, I could just tell this would be an amazing book. Yeah. And I said, oh my gosh, my brother, Electricity, and I have been working on one for seven years and we just finished it. And so 
So what I did was, and, and Adam and I would do this a lot with different, you know, members of subcultures, you know, especially who had documented these, these, uh, their, the, the subculture they, they lived in personally, yeah. you know, um, is I started working with her and electricity to like sort of radically reshape their book into a, a book that could be, um, you know, sold to the public. And that included, going through their her archives and helping her organize it. And then we put the book out in 2007. Okay. So there is a book. I'm yeah. Just no. I don't know, if you know about it, but I do. Yeah. I, and I would highly recommend that book um, in just as a, yeah, as a cool book um, for sure. I, I remember when that book came out and it, I was living in New York and everyone was just like, you don't know about this, but you're from LA. And I was just like, I don't know everything. Like, um, about everything, but I, I did because it is something that most people know a part of, whether it's from like the Woody Allen movie or from just some stories or John and Yoko or whatever it is. Um, but it never had a name before, and I never, you know, uh, so that thank you for that book. That book is so cool. Um, oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'll tell you so from there, like part of doing that book was Isis took me on a trip to meet a number of source family members and uh and i documented them so i was just recording them at the time for interviews because i was helping her sort of rewrite you know the book and um and just like the deeper i got meeting these people i was just like oh my god <laughs> like this is so incredible and these people are such like wonderful like just fascinating rich like human beings, you know, uh, and then I just told me that she had four hours of home movies and I started learning about how ISIS, uh, came, you know, came upon how she started creating the archive and, uh, was just like, this has to be a film, you know, yeah. really because of ISIS. I mean, yeah. ISIS, uh, we wouldn't be here right now if it weren't for ISIS and her tenacity, you know, as a documentarian, uh, the historian for the family and uh, for, the, you know, as the person who took a lot of photographs, supervised the taking of photographs, kept everything uh, when the family was going through like the wildest like, yeah. <laughs> challenges. Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel like, um, I guess it could be answered for you too, but I, I've always been someone that's had a camera at my side, like when it was a big camera or, or film camera, real camera, like, just 35 millimeter just could not be comfortable without it, but it wasn't, I didn't know why I think person, my personal belief is that it's a past life thing of um, I'm not sure exactly what, and no, I haven't asked uh, anyone, but I do know that now it's very normal to document stuff, but, um, but yeah, like 20 or 25 years ago when I started, it wasn't, and it was very inconvenient and uncomfortable. And I wonder for her, um, if, if you happen to know if it was, um, yeah, that thing, that's just like, that's your, like, cause it's almost a compulsion for me to document almost, I don't, you know, maybe I don't want to be involved because I'm too shy or, or is she more, um, documented because she knew it was going to be used later. Do you, do you have a feel on that? Oh my gosh, Bonnie, I feel like we should get ISIS on here. Uh -huh, I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, we could, if you wanted to interview her, by the way, we could just like redo this interview and bring in ISIS, but it's up to you. You can cut this part out if you want to, but yeah, I mean, I, any, I also am like, yes, we should bring her back another time. <laughs> I don't, I don't. And also I think just to even talk about your current movie, Oh, great! great. I could ask you forever. So we can come <laughs> back if cool. you're, if Very you're okay cool. with that. Gosh, yeah. No, I'm super happy to just be here chatting with you about it. But I'll tell you, so Isis, um, she came from it. Well, first, let me just say that is commendable that you took photos back then, because most young, younger people can't even understand like how inconvenient it was to like carry a camera <laughs> around, have to load film into it, develop the film. I was a professional photographer, you know, back in like the nineties, I shot a lot of rock bands and things yeah. like that. And, and it was, you know, it's a whole process. Like you have to really want to do it. And yeah. those precious uh, documents now, because they won't corrupt in the way that digital files, you know, can, but with ISIS, her father was chief of uh, documentations uh, for the air force. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. He was like military (laughs) intelligence. Oh, wow. A a master documentarian and archivist who managed a massive archive. And so Isis told me that she grew up being constantly documented by her dad. So he was always pictures. She was taking pictures at an early age. And so taking photographs, being in photographs and then organizing the archive was just a natural thing for her. We're incredibly lucky. How lucky. Yeah. That background and that she wanted to do it, you know, Yeah. so much sacrifice for her to do that. Yeah. And is that a feeling you have of like, um, I don't want to say that it has to be one or the other, but like, do you find yourself more comfortable following a story, being the story or, Uh, Do you need to follow a story or, you know, like, are you, um, can you tell me where you are on that spectrum? (laughs) That's a really good question. I mean, I do find myself uh, taking quite a few pictures, but you know, when I started hanging out with ISIS um, and I took a lot of pictures like uh, in the nineties, you know, it's like when I had the really fancy gear, I was documenting a lot of spiritual groups back then. So I had the bug, you know, yeah. early, had the bug when I was like in college, visiting a lot of outsider artists down, yeah. south, you know, in the Southeast, I used to go visit Howard Finster, who was way into UFOs too. Yeah. And, um, but when Art- I was ISIS, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a documentary. Yeah. It's a pretender compared to her. No like, way. Are you? <laughs> Doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, many times it says in the um, it says about her that that she was ferocious with it, which I think is a, a, a wonderful quality of a documentarian. But I guess um, in what I, I, I didn't. That's the thing why I could never make a documentary is like I just like just to even talk to you now. I went down so many um interesting avenues and Allison was like should I find out like how it the book did versus like is there a question there that would lead to you know just like how does society how important to society you know there's just so many different things but I guess all I can do is ask you is where are you from and like what got you interested in um and I don't really know what it at this point is called like alternative spirituality I, I just don't know because I just always thought it was 
um, I didn't grow up um, Christian. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think when you grew up outside of that, it's all just the same. Uh, It doesn't, it all seems kind of, it doesn't hold the weight. I think if you grew up with like uh, with a Christian background, but interesting. What was your background? Did you grow up with like any spirituality at all? Where did you grow up? Uh, Well, okay. But then you have to answer, but I grew up here in Los Angeles. And what's funny is my family for four generations has run a restaurant. Um, So uh, and that restaurant is Canners, which is what? Jewish. How yeah, I realized that. Yeah, it's I not um, so cool. Yeah, so hearing I've heard from my grandma, and I've heard in the past about this hippie restaurant um, <laughs> that you know used to be over there, and uh, yeah, and it's just funny, and and just hearing about organic food, talking about that the that restaurant as like this like oh clean you know small clean vegetarian or although you know vegetarian based or vegetable heavy food just versus the other restaurant it's just a very funny um I guess I have a funny perspective on it where it's just it's so um wild but uh but not as wild as like if I grew up I think Christian where it's like it's Mm. it seems like so opposite it's not opposite to me it's just the dream kind of situation is like healthy food healthy hearts like healthy minds we're all connected um, but yeah, where did you grow up and how did you get into this cool stuff? <laughs> yeah, that is like just wild to hear. And I have yeah. to tell you that there, I've had multiple source family members tell me they loved going to Cantor's. Oh, cool. So back in the day. And like, I remember Dawn Herbert's, uh, she's a writer. She's actually writing her memoir about living in the source family now. Oh, cool. Um, she, uh, when she came to, to Los Angeles a few years back, she wanted to meet at Canner. She was like, my favorite restaurant, you know, Canner. That's so cool. But, um, but I grew up in Ohio. So I grew up in the Midwest and I grew up in a Christian family, like a very Christian family. And when I say very Christian, I, I guess what I mean is that it was a moderate Christian family. So uh, in a loving Christian family. But like our life really surrounded the church. Like we went to church every single Sunday from when I was born until when I was 18, you know, unless we were out of town. And then my my mom was like the choir teacher. My dad was in the Luther League. So we were like, you know, it was a very religious uh, in some ways upbringing, but also moderate. So I was not damaged by it. It was actually like I what, what I was able to learn was for me personally was that um there were a lot of kind people you know in that church you know there wasn't the judgment that you know people from outside what I found was like when I got older um and came out to like Los Angeles you know after college and stuff and met a lot of people who didn't have any like spiritual upbringing they thought all Christians were evangelical Christians right and yeah. what I understand is that most of America are these sort of quiet Christians, maybe that things have changed, you know, a little bit in recent years, but there's still like these huge pockets of just like kind, nice, mild mannered people who love community and love, some, you know, great things that are greater than themselves, you know, they're yeah, totally the mystery and just, you know, being decent people at the same time, I was like a total hellion and like, yeah. <laughs> not like church and was like, not really, not really, not really, you know, and was, uh, uh, just, you know, a troublemaker from day one and grew up in uh, a very, like sheltered, 
very white middle-class suburban environment and was like, no, nah, I was like ready to, you know, explore under every single rock, you know, in town yeah. and go as far as I could, you know? And yeah. I oh, yeah. So I, that's the thing, like Christianity to me, um, I, I, I got to immerse myself in it, but it just wasn't quite enough for me. Yeah. Like I needed something more, I needed more intensity, more of a direct experience thing, but I was always into like, you know, from a very young age in the library, I read all the books on witchcraft, you know, all the books on the supernatural and the occult. And so I just had that, you know, thing from a very, very young age that that was my path, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah so that's that's sort of how I got into that kind of material yeah um, but I guess my perspective on it is a little bit different because um of my upbringing right little, you know like I I what what I when I when I go visit you know radical spiritual communities or just like alternative groups like that um, especially groups like Unarius, you know, who I'm doing my new feature film on. Yeah, thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. There's like nothing, <laughs> I cannot be more excited for any anything to happen on earth, honestly. That it would be like my like first choice if I got if I found a genie lamp, it would be to see that movie. Um, sorry to interrupt, but I don't feel like that has been um I don't feel, first of all, nobody really knows about it. I know it's going to like knows about them. I know that it's everybody's favorite topic. I know that whenever anybody finds out about them, they're like stunned, speechless. And I don't think no offense to the, um, what has been done so far, but I don't think it has the, it it needs you, you know, it needs you. And I can't wait to see it. Thank you so much. Gosh, that's so exciting to hear. Thank you. I'm so glad. I mean, that's how I felt, you know, when I first um, encountered Unarius, you know, in the 90s. Yeah. Like, you know, just a big stoner watching their stuff (laughs) on public access. Yeah. And roll, like lifestyle, you know, back then. And uh, and all, like so many of my friends were like collecting their tapes and were just like, oh, my God, like, what is this? You know, yeah, it was really wild was, um, you know, back then I was just like kind of a wild, you know, rock and roll photographer. And I wasn't really deep into spirituality at all. In fact, I was I was exploring transgressive culture like in a in a in a big way, you know. So like I went from being in, you know, growing up in this wholesome Midwestern like yeah. church going protected scenario into Los Angeles and just diving deep into like all of the craziest stuff I could find and yeah. hanging out with Satanist and, you know, marrying the Prince of Darkness, you know, who was publishing yeah. books on black metal and serial killers. Cause I just wanted to explore, I, you know, I didn't get a chance to see any of that in my earlier life, but, but with Unarius, what was so amazing was that like, I had a certain understanding of them then and then as years went on and I started getting really interested because of some wild personal experiences that led me to realize that like you know magic is real yeah Uh, there are other dimensions that affect us deeply whether we believe in them or not you know 
other beings in other dimensions. And, you know, it took me like a 20 year journey, which included as it should. I don't think it's not supposed to (laughs) or more. I'm still on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Much every day, like over the last couple of years, I've just, you know, reconfigured my brain in so many ways, but but, uh, yeah, yeah. But, but, um, Anyway, like 20 years, especially after meeting people like the Source family members who have been on a spiritual, really so many of the Source family members have been on a committed spiritual path of their own making. Like, that's what I really appreciate about them. They're just such independent thinkers, but they all, you know, by and large have really maintained the essence of what, you know, of the tools that they were given by, by Father Yo, Jim Baker, and uh, are, are, have learned a lot about navigating that world, you know, of, yeah. of spirituality. And, um, and coming back to Unarius, you know, 20 years later, um, I, it's, you know, I have a whole different take on them. And especially, I have to say, like, you know, I feel like it's 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 been an enormous gift, but also an enormous responsibility to tell their story. Right. They've just been mocked for so many years and, you know, not taken seriously. They've been sort of branded as uh, kooks, you know, by like right. my, uh, transgressive subculture, you know, those writers. And, and, and I, and I was telling uh, the artist, Jim Shaw, you know, when I first met him, um, we were talking about Unarius, he's a big fan. And I was just like, I have to say the deeper I go, the saner they become. Totally. Yeah. And the more I learn, the more I am like in awe of the complexity and sophistication of Ernest Norman's writings, you know, the founder of Unarius, his channelings. Uh, what what Ruth Norman was doing and just like her courage and decency ultimately, uh, you know, trying to to help people. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I think um, I think also society, uh, although it's so hard to say in this bubble of mm-hmm. Los Angeles, but <laughs> like, I mean, I don't really know how it works, but it feels like the pendulum is swinging where that is exactly what you make fun of in the 80s. Like, let's be honest, like you make fun of people that think differently. You make fun of people that look different, make fun of people that don't look the same. You make like even it was normal to make fun of a girl that looks manly. It was normal to make fun of a man that looks girly. That was that was like a that was the way it was. And like when that's changing and sexuality and sort of gender identity is changing, which I, I, I know it is. And um, it just, it, it's, those things aren't to be like, they're not a spectacle to be laughed at. There's something to be respected and like admired. And I feel like that really is changing. So that as much as that, as much as I can imagine looking at that from a, from the vantage point of someone like 20 years ago and being like, ha ha, that's so funny. Who real? What's that? Or like, look at those costumes. It's like, no, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. And I think, yeah, there's a pendulum that's swinging towards that and swinging towards like personal freedom, personal identity. And, and in a weird way, like after touring around the country, it's like people might not be all doing yoga right now and buying crystals right now for them most best purest like awesomest reason but it is something that's happening and it like it's you could like lift what is it lift your nose or 
pick your nose, I don't <laughs> whatever it is you do to look down on look down your nose at people. It's like oh, right. it's like there is people doing breath work, whether or not they're doing it for good or bad or whatever reasons. There's people getting in touch with their bodies. There's people yeah. being exposed to these things. And there's people that are learning that like love and light is like a thing. And whether or not that's in this weird evil kind of way or not, it still is happening. Um, and I think that, I think people are ready to not make fun of things that are different than them. I think they're ready to learn and be blown away and like, um, yeah. And just find it to be, cause it, it did, those concepts don't seem, um, cause I, I was just looking, there are many, uh, UFO religions, many, um, extraterrestrial channeled, I just use religion cause I'm not don't know what other but there's so many um i don't know how many religions there are in total but i was just looking there's like about 30 of those um and you know it's all i think it's all just kind of language um so you know it's just the way that you can we have to use words to communicate um but are the are they channeling a specific group of beings yeah um well, you know, first I just want to I want to speak to what you just said about, you know, people right now and these sort of trends where you've got a lot of younger people who are become who who are identifying as witches now, you know, and you've got a lot of people who are trying these these modalities that are new to them that they haven't necessarily explored people of all ages, you know. Yeah. And what I would what I love about that is I feel like I feel like you know, just from the research that I've done on these spiritual groups throughout, you know, the 20th century, the 19th century, you know, and beyond is that these, uh, these groups are largely metaphysical in nature. So they're different from other religions, you okay. know, they're, they're always going to be more on the on the um marginalized side of things because you know we've got a judeo-christian culture in america so we have this really dominant you know culture that's based on um judeo-christian ideas that involve you know god uh, a certain idea of god and and then jesus and you know these things that really impact a lot of our, our culture, but throughout American history, especially, and our founding fathers, of course, were all occultists, you know, yeah. a lot of them were Freemasons and metaphysicians. And, um, and, you know, throughout times of rapid change, you know, these, these, um, these groups sort of like rise up, you know, I mean, a, a scholar, a lot of scholars would say they, they've always been in existence, but I find that there are like bubbles that sort of rise in popularity during, you know, times when we have like serious uh, economic disparity, okay. got, like, um, you know, depressed economy, we've got polarization and politics, we have uh, larger levels of like distrust of institutions, right. which, you know, usually happens when those institutions have become very corrupted. Yeah. Like, well, and that's so, interesting. Yeah, it is. Right. And so so what happens is like these metaphysical communities and there are so many of them that have existed in American culture, you know, from, you know, all the way back to like, you know, people landing on Plymouth Rock and, you know, starting to come to the country. These 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 alternative spiritual communities, I should say. 
Um, but they spring up and they provide what they provide, I think, is they provide these sort of like micro communities for people who feel alienated from the larger culture and who are not getting what they need from the larger culture. Like right now, people right. who are not getting what they need from the, the 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 version of consumer culture, late capitalist culture that is sort of dominating like the media and everything else right now. And so they 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 provide that and um and allow opportunities for healing, you know. So when people yeah. are in pain, you know, people are suffering, these groups provide these different modalities and a structure for people to heal. If it's whether it's crystals or breath work or past life psychodramas, you know, like yeah. Well, I I just wonder, is this, um, is this, I don't know, phenomenon, because I think it's phenomenal. (laughs) Is this (laughs) phenomenon like, um, I know it happens everywhere, but is it, is it predominantly happening in America right now? You know, that's a really good question because my focus has been on America and American groups, but I do know that, you know, this also ties into intentional communities. Like my interest personally, not only like alternative spiritual communities, but they're um, uh, intentional communities, communal experiments, um, you know, spiritual communities that live together or live on the same land. And those exist all over the world. And they have, and I, I did a book through process called the modern utopian um, back in like 2008, which was a compendium of, of these magazines that this amazing guy, Richard Fairfield um, edited and put together back in the seventies of intentional communities. And they weren't all spiritual. Some of them were science communes, some were like communes, whatever. Um, But there, but but he also did like an, an issue in Japan an issue in Europe. Like they just, they, they seem to exist, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've thought of this before, but it's just like a band is so similar to that. It's like, a you have um, some sort of ideology that you invented. You take little pieces from, you know, I don't know, Bo Diddley stones, whatever you take little pieces from other things, but then you have a, a mantra in some words and then you go around trying to like share the good word and yeah you do it's just so I've always just found it to be uh very similar sort of in that it's all yeah it's just these are beliefs that you um share and you live your life for them um and you're, it's not like about uh you know like hoping to like yeah I think a lot of people think bands are this thing that's like hoping to get like some sort of money and then you stop doing it, but it's like, no, the, but going on tour is the goal, like doing the show, meeting the people, treating beliefs, like becoming spiritual um, or just growing spiritually. But I guess one thing I was curious about America is that um, particularly now is that there's such a lack of trust in um, healthcare and that, that it seems like people have to depend on, on others. And, uh, it seems like that, that would make, uh, more communal living and, com- you know, more, I ideas not based on trusting the government sort of start to pop up, um, now more than ever, just cause it, it, it seems so clearly for profit 
Um, and I think, yeah, when enough people see like, oh, this system is not good, um, it would make them really not want to be part of it. Well, yeah, I totally see that too. And, and, and agree that a lot, it seems like a lot of people are really, you know, um, starting to question things on a deep level. And what's really interesting, the source family is a great example, not the only by a long shot, but a great example of a, an intentional community that sprung up, you know, in the late sixties or early seventies, I should say, and was led by someone with like a deep interest in holistic healing, healthy eating. And, um, and it was a group that was, you know, that, that, that was doing things that were illegal at the time, like breastfeeding in public, if you can imagine (laughs) natural births, you know, home births were illegal back then. And so, you know, Jim Baker, um, there, well, there was a doula in the family and then Jim Baker also wanted to deliver these, you know, children as we saw in the film, so um, cool. but he was, you know, he had a deep background, uh, you know, Los Angeles, Southern California is also so rich in alternative healing modalities. Like ever since, you know, people came out to, um, to heal from the Midwest, like in the late 1800s. And then in the early 1900s had all these like raw restaurants and things like that. Um, but you know, Jim Baker had a lot of friends like the nature boys who were, you know, eating raw food and, you know, fruits and nuts and like living in caves and, you know, back in the forties and, um, yeah. And so, so with the source family, you know, they were controversial, very controversial at the time, because, you know, at the time women were having babies in the hospital, most of them were drugged, you know, when they're having their babies, women were feeding their babies formula, you know, back then breastfeeding very looked down upon and the nutritional benefits were, were rarely discussed, but that was a major topic of discussion in the source family. So what, what we, you know, and, and they had 54 live births in the source family and, uh, and which is totally amazing. And, and then ate all natural food. So yeah, I would say some of these groups, you know, not all, but some of these groups definitely allow, they're, they're sort of like cultural incubators, you know, right. what I, that's yeah. what I find, which is so exciting because you have these, you know, leaders like, like Uriel, uh, Ruth Norman from Unarius. She was just like a wildly idealistic visionary. These are like way showers, you know? So yeah. like for people who feel like, the larger culture, like the dominant culture, especially when things are in decline, you know, we go yeah. through cycles, right. Of like, you know, growth, uh, peak decline, you know, it's like, yeah. it's cyclical. And, you know, back in the early seventies, we were in a cycle of decline, industrialized food, industrialized medicine. A lot of people were questioning that and wanted to start uh, doing their own thing. And that led, of course, to like the mind, body, spirit movement. It actually led to these major movements, which is why Whole Foods exists, you know, like the yeah. guy who started that was like, um, like living in a vegetarian, you know, he was living in an intentional community as well for a while. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, Ruth Norman too, just these ideas, uh, they, they offer like positive, of visions and structure and practices for people who want it to heal. You know? Yeah. I think you, I think that's, um, there's a really good quote about that in the source family scrapbook, which I did, uh, 
I don't know if you still can, but people were giving money to fund it or something. Oh, no, no. Sacred Bones is publishing it. I mean, it's. it's oh, OK. I think I gave money before. To well, they Bones. started it that. Yes, they started okay. it that way, but it was just to, you know, market it. And yes, and Sacred Bones actually, rules. That's yeah, awesome. You like those guys? They've been. Yeah. Dream partners. I just yeah. love Caleb and Carrie and they've been so wonderful. So um so yeah it's it's on sale you can you can get it anywhere well yeah it looks amazing but i was reading what you sent me and there was a quote that um something and i can't remember who because omni i I bet it was omni the aquarian maybe i maybe but something about um uh, when you want to change, you don't change society like you change. Oh, that that was yeah. Mr. Fuller. Yeah. What's that quote again? Oh, yeah. Let's read that for people. OK, That's yeah. A, such a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I got to pull it up. Sorry, I I didn't do good notes. I do have one note question for you later. <laughs> oh, you bet. Let me see if I can pull it up here because I was taking a look at that. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Let's see. Um, Buckminster Fuller, futuristic visionary Buckminster Fuller famously declared, you never change things by fighting the existing reality to change something, make the existing model obsolete. Hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. Like, you know, as I said in the, the essay, like hundreds of thousands of people, you know, back in the late 60s and early 70s, we're doing that. They like, they went for it. You know, they, they left home, they lived together because there was also like, you know, really challenging economic times yeah. there. You know, people realized they could, they could have more freedom if they lived together. And, uh, and they had these cultural incubators and some of the, the, the most progressive ideas that that are in our culture now came from that time. And totally. my hope and prayer is we're headed for another one of those times, but it's going to be even, you know, more expanded, more expanded. I think we are. I can feel it in, uh, I, I can feel it just because I can feel it. But also like after the last two years, I think everyone had an opportunity to process um, and everyone had an opportunity to learn. And I think many people did learn. And while yeah. some, yeah, what's that? you do, huh? That's, I love that you feel that way. Yeah. I saw, I mean, on our, our, since we've toured, like the people I've seen come out and what they've had to say and see them express themselves in their new ways, the ways they've been waiting, you know, waiting a year to show who they truly are and what it means to be them and see such a, a self-expression in, in a different way in in a true way. Um, I, it just, I mean, it was like, made me almost cry every night. It was so sweet and so, so many young people and just like way different than before. Um, and it was also, it was interesting is that uh, I don't really go get like, I don't get entertained. Like I really feel comfortable as an entertainer. I like that position. I like to be in front of, or I like to be at a event as like, um, (laughs) waiting to entertain. I don't really like just sitting around like waiting, you know, whatever, but, um, people, people want entertainment. They want to taste life, feel life, um, in a different way than, than before it, it, before it seems like something 
it was just lackluster and it was, and I think that, that people have had an opportunity to like really do a lot of thinking, a lot of healing. And I think for, you know, a lot of people, it was very, uh, it was traumatic. I know that people don't like to admit things like that, but it was traumatic. It was every day. The news was traumatic. It, it was, it was really bad. And sometimes you can't get in touch with yourself until you, I don't know why it might be evolutionarily, but till you check, like feel trauma in your body, you're not sensitive. Um, and that always makes people heal. Uh, and I think that that's happened to a majority of people, whether or not they're fully aware of it yet or not, like, you know, like a lot of empaths or psychics or stuff. Um, it starts with trauma because it, it makes your, your, um, awareness of beyond you, um, you become hyper aware of what's beyond you. What are the possibilities? What are the potentialities? And then, you, you know, whatever else. And so I think a lot of people, even not to, you know, particularly men, I think didn't really have this idea of this, like awareness of what was around them until um, they were alone with their own energy, not feeling anybody else's energy, did, just had their own energy. And then all of a sudden went out in the world and was like, what is this? And it's like, Everybody has energy. Everybody's giving it off. When you're in a shitty mood, it bing, 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 bing. And I think I, I just noticed people noticing this for the first time. And I think it's, yeah, I, I, that's, I mean, that's just my opinion though, but I, I feel like there's a, something is happening and I feel like it's a energetic awareness that what we do does matter. And at the same time, it doesn't matter. Um, but you know, it's all these things. Like I, I just, people know what vibes are. Um, you know, people, people seem to be, I mean, there's still knuckleheads, obviously there's still as many knuckleheads as before, but I can tell that, um, people, yeah, all of these words, they never thought of healing. Like is that chicken soup? It's like, no, like you're healing. Um, and yeah, I just hear these words all the time every day. Uh, that makes me so excited. I love that you got to go out. I mean, that must have felt so good to just get out, you know, after yeah. you know, well, see people and get to, you know, I mean, being a, being in a band and being like a singer in a band, like I find a lot of singers to, to have like shamanic qualities, <laughs> even if they don't know it, you know, there's something what you're, you're, you're kind of like initiating people into an experience where you're all really coming together and sharing this energy together, you know, and you can do what you want with it. But I love that you're picking up um, people who have really, it sounds like people are finding more like authentic versions of themselves because maybe they've had time to reflect, be with themselves, get just get out of that rat race of like, oh, I've got to go here. I've got to go there. I got to do this. You know, I got to be this. And, uh, and then there's something about like that idea of the heartbreaking, you know, like yeah. times it takes having your heart broken to open it up, you know, yeah. and feel and just experience emotions and exp allow love in, you know, like I feel That's like a, a lot of people have had their hearts broken over and over again the last couple of years. Yeah. Totally. And sometimes you don't, you're too busy to feel like that's how I felt. I was just too busy to feel, didn't have time for it. Not enough space. Got to go, got to go. Uh, and then it stopped. And um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. I 
yeah, going on tour is uh, interesting now because I can't, I don't drink anymore. Um, so I have to create like an ecstatic state, um, which is uh, really fun. And I never knew anything about that before, how to like fully, like not channel energy, but um, like suck it. Like, yeah, just, I guess, channel it through each through other. You. Yeah, it's really yeah. weird. It's really, it's it's really cool. It feels like every time before I play, I'm like, okay, this is like a marathon. Like either I succeed or I fail. But before it was like super easy. I just drink and I had energy, but yeah, I, it, I feel like bands are a lot like that. You're really, at least I'm trying to make sure every single person is like filled in the audience, like felt seen and heard and, uh, you know, and loved, which is <laughs> funny, oh, <that's> so <laughs> but yeah, I want to ask you one question is uh i i don't know if this is like a favorite your quote or your line or something but you say it's got to have soul oh yeah yeah what's that um that is that's actually a quote from a robert downey senior movie okay Um, and uh it's it's Putney Swope I don't know if you've ever like seen this film but it's like an incredible film that he made that was a critique of the advertising agency oh cool character who was like it's gotta have soul like this amazing character and that's how I feel like that's what I'm drawn to I'm drawn to I'm drawn to like getting to the essence you know of of a person or a movement or a subculture and I feel that we all have souls you know I feel I feel that the idea of recognizing that we're more than just this body is it's it's like my it's what gets me up in the morning it's like the mystery of life you know a sense of wonder for for what what I don't know you know and what is what feels good and yeah that's another thing about the last couple of years. Like for me, it's so interesting. I feel like, I feel like I've become even more sensitive as well. And I'm really sensitive to how different culture affects me. Like we okay. were just talking cabaret. Yeah. So, you know, with Liza Minnelli, yeah. which is Mar Germany. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that like, and I hadn't seen it since like the late nineties, you know, when I loved it and seeing it now, I was just like, oh this is like way too close for comfort (laughs) yeah like identify with her I don't identify you know like I don't identify with the Nazis like I like this is like I feel like we are in this potentially like Weimar era period in America and I don't want to participate on either side I want to like focus on ideas of like healing and regeneration and and for me that's just the stuff that um, I'm most passionate about right now. And that's after like really going, I feel like I've like experienced so much, you know, over the last 20 years, like going to the depths of like the really dark culture and, you know, getting yeah. a lot of those people and just like looking at, you know, in the bottom of that box and just being like, Oh, is that all there is? Like, yeah, want, yeah. no, I, want I more than that. I want love. You know? I want, yeah. You know, I- static states without drugs yeah totally it's well, like unarius teaches you how to access the source family you know taught people how to access that's the beauty of these metaphysical communities is they 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 initiate people into peak experiences 
um, without drugs, largely. Although the Source family did do six seconds of the sacred herb for their morning meditations, <laughs> but you know, they 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 recuperated a lot of junkies. And, you know. Yeah. Um, no. I think that that's amazing. I think that that's so cool because it is like um, people, you know, people don't want to do certain things because they think it costs too much money, but it's like you're, you're costing, too, it costs you too much money to not do it. And yeah, I think that's so super cool. I guess, um, yeah, I do, I do, uh, I have too many more million questions. Maybe if it's okay, you, Either you can come back with ISIS or if you want to, I'd love to talk to you more about um, uh, the, like how you met the Unarians and stuff like that. But uh, my, not my phone, my computer only does it for an hour. Um, So um, is there anything you would like, or what would you like to say to the people and the entities um, and everyone else? Well, I would like to say that I, 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 uh, I support the vision of these unusual uh, way showers throughout human history who in the, in the face of very dark and challenging times insist that uh, we are on the verge of a breakthrough, you know, in human consciousness and in society and that uh, that we are looking heavily at our societal shadow right now, but we are we're on the verge of something something really good, and uh, and it involves just a complete transformation, uh, you know. And so I I just want to honor those those people who came before us uh, with those like un, unrepentantly idealistic visions, you know, humanity that, you know, they always fall short. I mean, the space brothers, you know, the, the, the UFOs never landed. So, you know, father Yode had his idea for their Aquarian, you know, prophecy, but, you know, they don't, those ultimate prophecies don't have to happen for people to be able to have like incredible healing journeys and transformational journeys and get to experience like the mystery, you know, of the universe in a, in a profound way. And I have a lot of respect for, for those people who are just as human as the rest of us, you know, and, and the group members, especially the people who are part of these communities. Um, you know, I, I respect their courage and their idealism and their love. Yeah, that's so cool. And I should say the Source Family Scrapbook, family, the Source Family Scrapbook, uh, we're publishing it with Sacred Bones. It is officially out uh, in stores by November 22nd, but I think you can order it now. And maybe, um, you know, next time we either talk with ISIS or we can, you know, talk about Unarius when the time is right. My my feature documentary on Unarius is almost finished. Okay. probably come out somewhere next year oh my god okay (laughs) that was so cool can I ask you uh one more question real quick is that okay yeah of course yeah um I'm just curious uh when you um for me I've found having you've done some of their past life lesson stuff the union if you feel okay talking about it is I've noticed that um most of the past life information I've had uh, is just is so obvious. Like I, I can send you our new record, but basically we made a new record based entirely on the idea that um, 
I was told that I was a jazz singer in a, a previous life. And I realized that if I knew my name, I could listen to myself. So we decided to make this record for our future self. Um, and I'll, I'll send it to you here, but it's just like, yeah, there's just so many things. Um, just making a whole record about that, the parallels of like, um, like my obsession with Egypt, my obsession with this, my obsession with that is just like come straight from somewhere. Have you had similar any, have you been able to look into any past life stuff? Um, um, yeah, I mean, before Unarius, you know, like definitely, okay. but yeah. and it, continuously. Um, and I find that, you know, some people, you know, in, you know, there's always the issue of getting a little too caught up in your past lives, you know, right. Lose your ego and, you know, like, Oh, I was this, I was, yeah. That. Yeah. But I think like, like when the past lives can become, uh, something to help you understand yourself on, yeah. a deep, especially like issues you may have that you need to work through, you know, yeah. Um, help you just love yourself a little bit more and not be so hard on yourself and be like, Oh, I was doing that like two lifetimes ago or whatever. Yeah. I feel like, um, I feel like that can be it, it, a beautiful philosophy. If you want to, yeah. philosophy to help you, you know, um, li live a deeper existence and also connect with people on deeper levels. Like there are certain people I meet and I'm like, I know, I know you. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, I know we've met each other before. Yeah. It's a, it's a way of establishing kinship, which I think is really nice during this time, you know, as well. But yeah. I want to come back and ask you a bunch of questions, Bonnie. Okay. Okay. So let's stop yeah. this. <laughs> okay, thank you so much thank for coming. So much. Here. All right. Okay, bye. bye.